This episode of Blitzed is brought to you by Rip Curls Mirage Activate Expression Compression Session Expression Session. (laughs) Oh, this is the best name ever. It's the Mirage Activate Expression Compression Session. Donning the all-new Mirage Activate compression line of bodies that have been supporting Blitz now for pretty much all this year. The team at Rippy have thrown three-time world champ Gabby Medina into the water with Semi Pupo, Jacko Baker, Luke Swanson and Kip Caddy and letting them surf their absolute brains out and to keep things interesting and entertaining. Rip Curl's very own Mason Ho will be on the mic calling the action. So it drops today. Check it out, man. 11 a.m. Uh, Eastern Australia time, I believe it is, uh, if you want to cop it. Or you can also check it at 5 p.m. US Pacific time or 3 p.m. Hawaiian Standard time. It's going to be filth to check, and it's on Rip Curl's YouTube channel. And don't forget while you're there to join up to Club Rip Curl. It's your ticket to exclusive offers and members-only rewards. That's at ripcurl.com or check out the Ripcurl YouTube channel for this incredible Mirage Activate Expression Compression Session Expression Session. If this movie is even half as good as its name, we're in for a stoinker. It's out today. Check it out. Ripcurl's YouTube, ripcurl.com. Competition surfing. Rashies. Yes, welcome to Blitzed, pure tour nerdism. The Sunset World Tour event has wrapped and we've got an Aussie on the winner's dais, Molly the Pickle Picklum, breaking through for her first World Tour win and Philippe Toledo taking out the men's. Vaughn, the shat rating, I gave it a 3.5. S for skits, H for himad, A for, are you kidding me? And T for torture. Uh, I mean, this event coughed and spluttered at times, but geez, it turned on during that round of 16. Uh, and the finals that I thought, you know, provided a, a really quality canvas for some of the best rail surfing you're likely to see in a competitive jersey. But uh, yeah, that, that unforecasted day early on in the event, holy smokes, that was that was all-time sunset. Uh, as good as I've ever seen it, and what a wave it is when mm. it's on. Nothing really like it, is there? Uh, you can kind of see why guys like Gary Elkerton became completely obsessed with the joint, that big north peak roll-in takeoff into a thunderous west peak tube, sometimes with the opportunity to rip off a big gaff in the bowl before you get pitted. Jeez, it, uh, it doesn't really get better than that, does it? Sunset made me fall in love with it again after this comp because it just demanded pinpoint precision and aggression to get anywhere near an excellent ride. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It was uh, I had a lot of fun watching this comp. I thought that Sunset Point as a, as a CT venue is definitely worthy, isn't it? Like, far out. There was, like you said, mm. the canvas was broad, open ocean, and uh, I'm frothing, Smivy, that the Swellian Queen for Australia once again sticks the flag in the soil or the gritty sand of Sunset P- Beach there. 
Uh, as we have had so many fucking core lord women perform over there over the years, uh, your your queen, Jodie Cooper, my queen, Jodie Cooper, Pauline, Naughty Paul, she's one over there, Pam Burridge, uh, Lane Beachley, of course. But just so cool to see Molly Picklum back up her pipe, win in the Pipe Masters last year with a first ever CT victory at Sunset Beach. Made uh, the Sunset Queen. There is a new queen. The queen is dead. All hail the queen. And, uh, yeah, what a performance from Molly. Just, geez, she's a fiery thing. She just gets out there and just gives it everything every time. And I loved watching her rail game kind of mature through the thing. And, yeah, mate, just lots to like. What's the like? I feel like Sunset is uh, the Hurley comp is really even the ledger here after a disappointing uh, start to the year with Pipe. Yeah, geez, the Wazzle needed it, didn't they? I mean, that unforecasted day, uh, I believe the crew rocked up that morning and just people were rubbing their eyes as the sea mist cleared and it revealed, you know, eight foot proper sunset cones and big bowls just ripe for the plundering. And man, I like it. it you know, if they don't get that day, that's one of the worst Hawaiian legs of all time. Like, the worst Hawaiian leg I can remember seeing anyway. Uh, and uh, they come up with the goods on that day. And then I feel like even the final day was was a, a bit of a bonus scenario in terms of the conditions that uh, they got served mm. up. Because initially on the surf line forecast, you know, we were looking at something like three to five foot or four to six foot conditions it looked like it was going to be kind of and that surf line corner that's not hawaiian size mm. horn uh but as it was you know we we're looking at well overhead conditions made for a, a really quality event uh we've got docked a couple of points on the shat rating though just some of those early rounds were just awful god you had to feel for connor o'leary oh, yes. uh, in particular in his elimination round heat that's, that's some of the worst conditions i've ever seen served up for a, a ct level of heat and he just well, mate, you, you could see the the stink lines, the anger lines rising off his head in the lineup. He was fucking just all at sea in the mush. It was like the worst kind of mushy, fat, crumbly, piss-weak beach break you've yeah, ever seen. Yeah, that was torture. But, that was uh, pure torture. The T and the mm, shat rating was humming when, uh, when that round paddled out. But <laughs> it did make me think, Smivy, of, uh, you know how, like, you, you can kind of – Get a bit annoyed with that opening round of uh, of CT competition just because it's non-elimination. But far out, man. When you get the bonus of not having to be put out in subpar crap because you didn't get through your first heat. Do you know what I mean? Like, the, the bonus that's there is mm. actually on days like that. You go, oh, my God, how important was it not to just, like, take your foot off the gas or, or get a bit apathetic in your attitude or even sort of just let crew sort of have their way with you. Even that first round sort of, it came back into play for me as a round that does actually offer a pretty good reward because if they're running out of time and there's no nothing forecast, you are the guinea pigs, man. You are the first people to get fed to the fucking crocodiles. And that's what happened to O'Leary'sy bra and, and everyone who had to surf that elimination round. It was a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, it was just a huge a a little nugget of just rank oh. flotsam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just a filthy fly-blown cork bobbing around in some black <laughs> toilet juice. Uh, Who knows how long it's been in there for, yeah. but, jeez, uh, it was awful. It had, just uh, a green, man, we almost gangrenous lost. goat pebble just fucking bobbing around like a <laughs> huge little... 
<laughs> just oh awful. mate, it was awful, it was awful. so that was that was a that was a low light a low light for sure. Um, but it made me appreciate the first round and crew who who do enough to get through it because I thought, you know, imagine being in that second round, Smithy, and turning up to the beach and just going, my career's on the line. I don't want to fucking surf this shit. I'm not paddling out or trying to trying to rein in all the crew to make a statement. Well, A, there's not enough of them. So they're going to send you out no matter what. And B, you haven't really earned the right to have a winch. So I don't know. There was something something about me felt a little bit kind of cold-hearted about the crew having to surf that. Like I, I didn't actually mind it. Uh, much love to Connor. Oh, Leary, bra, love you, mate. But yeah, I just felt like, um, okay, right. So that's why the first round exists. Uh, now we flip the script for this episode of Blitz. So we're going to start with the pure melt. Full-blown melt! And uh, there's a close one here for mine, mm-hmm. Vaughan. There was two very not- notable melts in this event. Originally, I had penciled in John John going down to the great Santa Cruz journeyman Nat Young. Uh, as, as poor a performance as I can remember from John, just bogged or mistimed pretty much every turn, looked uh, out of sorts. Uh, was this... The round of yeah, this was the round of sixteen. He, he bombed out in, and uh, yeah, I'm led to believe he was suffering some kind of illness, and I'm not sure if it was COVID or, or what, but that could well have been behind the shocker. Uh, full credit to Nat Young and that cast iron backside of his, though. Man, he clubs it, he clubs it like no one else, and and never really misses. And it's it's not easy backside uh, sunset, but he, he made it look pretty easy at times. Um. And, uh, you know, a doff of the cap to Medina in the melt scenario. Lost out to eventual runner-up Griffin Colapinto, also in the round of 16. Uh, but ultimately, Vaughn, I'm going to have to give it to Caroline Marks. I know she was the runner-up in the event, but uh, on a pretty pumping day at sunset, to sit there for over 15 minutes in the final, needing a 3.4 to take the lead and ultimately the win and, and not come up with that score, it blew mm. my mind. Like... Um, she surfed incredibly for a 7-5 uh, in the final. It was the, the biggest score by a mile in the final. That big backside snap and a, a technical hit on a challenging inside section. But a 3.4 is one maneuver for her. And uh, she could have done that on almost any wave that came through that entire final. Any piddly little insider uh, would have given her the score. You know, just a, a good belt or a fat back and a closeout hit. Anything. Something. But, uh, man, she, I don't know, she just had a full-on brain fade and was sitting out the back looking for eights and nines and, a, and another seven when, when all she needed was a, you know, the, the, the worst wave in the lineup would have pretty much given her the score. Um, mm. So, man, she'll be lying face down in bed, dead set, heel kicking herself in the back of the head over that one, Vaughn. Yeah, man. I actually attributed uh, Carolyn's entire finals performance uh, you know, like the, the, her strategy being poor, as soon as Molly got those two waves, like I, I thought it was a di- direct result of what Molly forced her into doing. Like I think, you know, Molly had this kind of uh, attitude of get out there, get a couple of small scores first. She did it in a lot of heats and then uh, just sort of build the pressure. And I thought that her going up the point, getting a couple of like low ranges and then just going to the bowl and sitting with Caroline, forced Caroline for some reason in her brain to go, okay, I've got to do it on sets. Do you mm. know what I mean? Because I just felt like it was just 
It was a flawless game plan. It nearly backfired because uh, Carolyn got the best wave of the final with plenty of time. And I thought, wow, Molly just needs to be careful here. And she kind of just kept picking waves that didn't open up. But you're right. Uh, I, I think uh, Caroline did melt, but I think that is a direct result of the strategy that Micro and Molly came up with that That's was executed right. pretty fucking good, man. Like she, mm. she turned the screw really quick. And then just went and sat on her. And uh, the only real danger for Molly was that it could have backfired if if there was a better wave that, that Caroline could pick off. But she left it too late. She didn't get busy. She she lost the hustle and thought she needed to put Molly away instead of getting in the dogfight. And that's where her campaign ended in not embarrassing circumstances because, as you say, like uh, it, it was an amazing performance, really. A couple of those backside whacks were just... Man, you didn't even realise how much you missed Carolyn Marks until you sort of started seeing her flying off the bottom, eh? Like, that backside bottom turn, top turn combo oh, is the how best. good is it? Yeah. In, in women's surfing by a country mile. And, uh, yeah, it was just joyful to see Carolyn Marks flying at full speed with 100% intent off the bottom of the sunset bowl and straight into the lip. But I agree with you. I reckon she'll be lying in bed going, oh, my God, if I could surf that heat... 99 more times, she'd probably win it 99 times because, uh, yeah, uh, just Molly didn't really get the waves that opened up in that one. But yeah. my big melt, Smithy, yep. my big melt was uh, John John because I just couldn't believe what I was watching. I thought, fuck, is he just – he went to bed last night with a mozzie in the room and he mm. could not fucking find it. You know when you just oh. – every time you close your eyes, it's just – and you slap yourself in the face and you get up and you turn the light on and you fucking – <laughs> Whipping your t-shirt around and you get everything you can't see it, and as soon as your head hits the pillow, and mate, <laughs> I know from experience that waking up after one of those nights, you're fucked. You, you're never going to win anything. You won't even win a a, a one person chook raffle. You you are absolutely gone, and your brain's not switched on. And yeah, maybe it was illness, maybe it was a mozzie, but he was without doubt, putting in the worst performance of his professional life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was a, oh, inexplicable, really. I mean, I guess one point is that, you know, John famously doesn't like Sunset, uh, as a lot of surfers don't. Like, a lot of pro surfers, Slater's another, uh, you know, he loves Halley Eva, but it could also just be that, you know. He just doesn't spend that much time out there. He doesn't love the wave. Uh, if you don't love it, I don't think it loves you back, that joint. But, uh yeah. Vaughn, the biggest surprise. surprise. Mate, uh, I'm going to have to go with Jiao Chianka. Now, look, we know how much he lives for consequential waves. We know how much, we know how much he, he loves Hawaii. But just the, the virtuoso level command of his rail was something that caught me off guard a bit in this event. I mean, we saw shades of brilliance during his rookie year before he was cut from the tour. But this was next level. The way Jiao comes off the bottom, he puts his entire life force into those talked out bottom tur- turns. Mm. His life, you know, his life force, his dad's life force, his granddad's life force. There's some intergenerational trauma going into those things that I reckon dates back all the way to Brazil's the fascist dictatorship. But uh, yeah, man, I, I just love the way he was able to absolutely hammer into the bowl and rip off just the most savage of calves, but then vary the transition out of the turn. You know, sometimes he'd wrench the tail into a slide. Other times he'd cut it off early and 
keep the speed. It was like he had one eye on the track and, and one eye on the next section. Just incredible anticipation and timing and, and so much variety in his uh, attack on the face. You know, that, that trademark body talk and strength through the core and the legs. I, I just loved every bit of it. I love the energy. I love the aggression. Uh, and when it was cooking sunset in that round of 16, he was the guy to beat, you know, back-to-back 16-plus heat totals. I mean, that's four eights uh, in back-to-back tubes, four, uh, back-to-back heats for, uh, you know, excellent scores, plenty of tubes, and just that signature corkscrew body talk slice and dice game. I mean, it's it, kind of a throwback to the golden age of uh, high-performance progressive rail surfing in the early noughties, you know, where there was all that personality and signature style uh, in your Bruce Irons, your Parkos, your Fennings, your Andy Irons, uh, your Hobgoods, you know, when just people surfing really reeked of who they were and uh, the lifeblood and energy that coursed through them. I just thought, man, this guy is on another level. Um, yeah, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed the performance. Really just really just got me fizzed, got me frothing just to see that mm. level of uh just that level of personality and aggression and rawness and yeah, man, far out. What a performance. Yeah, yeah. And I I, I have Joao in, in mind too, man. I, I just thought that uh there's something about attacking sunset over just surfing it. And there's a handful of crew who did it and Griffin did it insane. Philippe did it insane, Joao did it insane, and Ethan did it insane. Like, they were the four surfers of the comp, like, without question. And the reason being is that they actually go at it as hard as they can. Um, And Joao, like, last year we saw all of this on show, but the poor bastard just kept on drawing John John or kept on drawing someone on fire and, and, uh, you know, missed the cut. And we're all just like, no, this is awful. And... Yeah, I think that he, uh, he's he got a point to prove, an axe to grind. He's got, like, so much sting at the moment that, you know, it's no surprise he's in that top five combo right now. Uh, he is just putting on, you know, he's basically sounding the alarm bells to everyone. And this is what the Gabes and the John Johns and the Idolos and Philippe's have to be careful of. There's, like, this groundswell of people who have had a gutful. Like, they're not easy beats. They've They've... You know, they've had a little taste of what it is to surf against their heroes. And they're getting out there now and they're actually attacking rather than sort of, uh, I don't know, like sitting back, giving that respect and just giving them the space that they they just gobble up. You know, they, they, they don't ever leave a little scrap on the plate for anyone else. They just take it if you uh, if you give them the space to, to make that call. So lots of... Uh, lots of what was it? Just statements in this one from that from that crew, and I thought Kyle Belly again just proving that you just cannot keep a fucking battler spirit down, Smithy. You can try, mate. You can try and push him down into the ground, but he will not give up. And uh, another standout performance from Kyle. Yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was a breakthrough performance for sure. Yeah, and the semi with Philippe was an absolute special. What a belter it was. It didn't ultimately get my best heat, but, uh, man, it was entertaining. And just some of the most high-performance rail surfing, most committed and aggressive approach to the Sunset Bowl. I mean, yeah, they were just taking it on. Uh, I, I love Jow's, uh I think it was his first one. He 
Uh, just got off to a flyer and that heat used priority to get a, a mid-sized nugget with a really nice shape and line on it and just went to town, bearing the bottom turn like Highlander, just sucking in lightning bolts from the sky before he <laughs> carved out of the top. And then he triple pumped the, the bottom turn, you know, three corrections in his bottom turn. Uh, as he go went over that kind of West Bowl kink. You know, there's that little kink, and uh, mm. it just not, bowls up really nice, but not easy to time. Uh, and, and his bottom turn, as I said, just, you know, his entire life force goes into that thing. And, uh, yeah, just launched a vicious drop wallet in the bowl and uh, just creased the thing all the way to Val's, just so raw and so much energy and flow. And it, it just looked like at that point he was on for his – you know, first uh, first final and, and, and first win. But Felipe, man, kept his composure, bided his time, and then just unleashed with that signature fighter jet carve and the absolute meat of the bowl. Just split that wave in two like T-1000 in Terminator 2, Vaughn. Ripped mm-hmm, that thing so mm-hmm. hard. There was a split in the fabric of time and space that, that yep. saw the lab dicks at NASA running around, screaming, grabbing scrambled printouts. No! No, this can't be happening. Yeah. We're, we're yeah. entering a space-time orbital yeah. meltdown. Yeah. And it's coming from yeah. the, the yeah. Hawaiian Islands, bruh. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, that, that was an incredible, incredible wave. Uh, one of the waves of the event, a, a 9.1 Philippe got in the end for that. He almost got pitted, you know, like Curran style after that big pitted uh, bar or whatever. He does that big wrap and does the rebound and kind of gets chewed. It kind of reminded me of that in, in, in a sense, like just a full-blooded committed turn that was cut off so perfectly. He almost ended up, basically did end up getting a little pit. Whenever the surf is clean-faced, six to eight foot offshore, Philippe Toledo is terrifying, mate. And that, that heat with Joao was those last three heats of the day were fucking amazing. Like, the, the Robbo and um, Griff Heat was oh, fucked up. up. I mean, that was pro surfing at its finest, man. At like, its you finest. Know, sure, best thing, bro. Different, different approaches in a way, but just two fucking dudes fully believing in their deepest, starkest little fucking corner of their souls that they deserve it, ripping the cunt out of the thing. Oh, and uh, yeah, I mean, as much as I, as much as the Zhao and and Phil Heat was a special, you're right. I I thought that first heat was just fucking the money. I was like, that's the best heat of pro surfing I've seen almost since the J Bay final last year. Well, it was it was that enjoyable to watch, and it, you know, I heard Pete Mellon Strider, I think, on the commentary going, he's done, he's gone. I was going, as Eve, mate, like this guy is the weapon at a last second fucking clutch moment. So. I was involved and engaged that whole heat, and it took something pretty special for Griff to rub Robbo out of that one. But gee whiz, like, what, how good is seeing someone get that gold jersey and just completely fucking lift with it on rather than melt? Yeah, totally. Yeah, and, and you're right, Vaughn. That was also my best heat, uh, just from start to finish. You know, started with that fascinating paddle battle. Uh, Griffin paddling Jack up the reef as he'd done to Ethan Ewing the, the heat before. But, uh, yeah, Jack 
Like, and, and that, man, I tell you, that paddle battle with Ethan, that fully threw his whole campaign out of rhythm. That was the, the worst he surfed by a mile was in uh, that quarter against Griffin. Uh, just completely out of sync, lost all of his tempo and timing uh, with Sunset. It just kind of got inside his head and, and glitched him. But uh, Jack... Yeah, I mean, he went with Griffin up the point, but then used the old rope-a-dope uh, that we've seen him pull on a few different people over the years. Uh, Nathan Hedge at, at Chopes, I think he had something similar. But yes, yeah, sprinted back down the line, Jack did, into the first wave of the heat, which was a roping pit. But he was mm. too deep. He was too deep. It, it was a makeable yeah. tube, and it would have been a huge score, but he came up just short because he was just out of position because of Griffin. So... You'd have to say Griffin's tactic worked there at the uh, start of the heat. But, man, uh, it was really, I think it was it was really kind of the second exchange when, when you really got an idea of the way things might pan out in this heat. You know, Griffin was on the first wave under priority, open with a nice carve, another carve, and, and a sick finner to, to board slide for, you know, mediocre total, 5.83 I think it was. But Jack was on the uh, the wave behind and it was an absolute bomb and he jammed yep. off the bottom into one of those signature AI hacks but just bogged and fell and, and the momentum really shifted there I, I felt yep. and, yeah, uh, I'm so with you man that was that was like a bit of a heart and mouth moment because you just you knew that if Jack had pulled the rail through that wave it was heading for nine so it was the biggest wave of the, of the of that particular heat and uh, he was going a thousand miles an hour. I wonder what happened there. He just double guessed himself, or what do you reckon? Well, it was, that section, it was huge. Yeah, that section really cupped out on him and went real hollow. And I just think, uh, yeah, the timing was just a split second off. And uh, yeah, maybe the section was not perfectly built for that turn. It was maybe a, a bit too hollow and cupped out of a section. But in any case, that was two errors straight off the bat for Jack, uh, you know, not making that tube and then blowing that turn on the wave of the day. And, and that, that's, a, that's a pretty deep rattle for someone uh, of his skill and ability and consistency. And, uh, and cosmic, vi- and cosmic vi- uh, vibration, Smithy. Mm. Like the, that, this heat had two of the tours most cosmic, mentally fucking vibrato surfers in it. And that sort of little exchange, as you say, it's not just a, a strategic sort of a disadvantage. It's a cosmic disadvantage, man, because they would have been feeling those different little energy shifts while they were out there. Yeah, that's right. And uh, then it was, uh, I think, from there, there was the third exchange, and, and Jack's still controlling priority at this point. Uh, but Griffin ends up on a sick one regardless, and there's a, a huge opening turn, blast spray into the heavens, another turn, and a Itsy end section lip line finner for an 877. But Robbo's on the bomb behind and he sets up for the pit with a, a deft arm stall, then just weaves and contorts himself like only the Vortex Shaman can. Uh, mm-hmm. Manages to just come through this super technical deep tube ride. It wasn't the most consequential tube, but a super high degree of difficulty. Uh, you know, Not many people could have made their way out of that one. And he, he got an eight for that. Um, so Griff gets priority out of that exchange, can't convert it into a decent score, but then manages to sell Jack on a lemon uh, shortly after. Jack does mm. a, a carve to a pit that pinches. Um, 
And after that one, uh, after coughing up priority in that fashion, Jack turned around to see Griff on an absolute bomb. And this was one of the waves of the event, if not the, the year so far. A huge layback gouge to, to tail slide where he actually sprayed Jack on the shoulder. How was that? Just fully showered him. Like Jack is five meters out the back of the wave and just cops the full blast, just raining oh, pellets. From Griff, uh, another lip line finner, a couple of nice calves in there, just in flow, in rhythm, not skipping a beat. Uh, yeah, next level surfing. You got a nine one three for that, but then Jack hit back with an eight three three for a big carve and a, a lead footed layback, uh, lead footed layback jam under the lip on a big closeout section, mm. which set up another buzzer beater scenario. And um, yeah, as you said, Vaughn, I think it was Strider gave up on him. And Mel was reminding him uh, of his form in these pointy ends. I guess the only difference uh, to past buzzer beaters was Griffin had priority and used it absolutely perfectly Perfect. to keep Jack yep. off that last set. And it, you know, on cue, it arrived with a few seconds remaining, but Griff had priority, snuffs out the first one, Griff goes, uh, and then the next one arrives a couple seconds too late. So, I mean, just yeah. as good as you can... Surf a heat, really, from Griffin. And as good as a heat as you'll see, just two heavyweights yeah. swinging from start to finish. Great surfing, yeah, uh, great theatre. And, and I I believe, I believe, Smithy, that Sunset kind of enamoured itself with me during the past couple of weeks because the strategies and decision-making was so amplified by the space and size of the waves uh, when they were good that... You really got to enjoy it instead of feeling like it was finicky and f- like kind of almost against what what that whole you know surfing e- ethos and you know the gamesmanship. Sometimes it, it it feels like it's rubbing you the wrong way. But it, in this comp, so much of the strategy was was just incredible to watch. Like uh, even you know like we were just talking about it, the way that Griff used the space and used getting under Jack and, and not having priority to his advantage, the way that Molly was able to turn the screws on competitors early in heats by just fully going after fours up way up the point. And there was a thousand uh, occasions where you were just going, wow, this is such mind surfing as well as high performance surfing. And it just blew my mind, mate. Like I, I don't think I've ever enjoyed watching the tactics come into play more than I did at this event. Like it was, it was everywhere and it was excellent. Like it was really, really fun to watch. And um, yeah, I just, I thought that this comp was surf strategy and using the rules to perfection pretty much. Like in, in a lot of cases, except for Zeke Liao, who I don't know, has he rooted a judge's wife or something? I don't know. He's, he's having a fucking shocker. Oh, that was one. Of <laughs> he's the, the one great- guy who hasn't read the rule book. Jeez Louise, what a brain fade that was. You talk about pure melts. I mean, he was uh, in first place. He didn't even have to catch that wave to cancel Rio's score. Um, so like, he should have just let him go on. There was absolutely no reason to take off on that wave. Even if Rio gets the score, Zeke is still in second and progresses through the next round. Unbelievable. That was absolute madness. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I love that point, Vaughn. It's so true. I mean... Sunset is such a dynamic open ocean lineup. There's so many different lineups and places to sit and, and, and different waves of different characters. And you really have to study the place and have a, a rock solid strategy and a, a plan A, a plan B and a plan C. And uh, I think without question, 
that uh, Molly Picklum had the rub on the strategy, and that was in a large part due to her coach, Glenn Micro Hall. And uh, that was my breakthrough performance for Bad breakthrough. Was the pickle obviously getting her first world to a win mm. and now heads to Portugal in the yellow leader's jersey, which she'll share with Carissa Moore. Um, just a few notes on that win, though. Uh, against Tyler in the semi, uh, uh, quite a slow heat, but, but for mine, Tyler just waited way too long with priority. It's very similar kind of performance and, and strategy failure to Caroline Marks. You know, uh, she was far better off served sitting inside and building a house with fours, you know, for fat backs and end section tags. You, you could get a four or a five for that. And, um, you know, I know Tyler parted ways with Micro and you wonder whether that proved the difference in this heat because her strategy was off and Pickle made her pay by building a house on those insiders while Tyler waited for the bombs that never really came. And uh, I think Molly ended up with a, a five-plus ride for a pretty vicious end section belt, then closed it out with that fun tube that, you know, she could have got really pitted on if she was deeper, but she ended up riding it conservatively, which was probably the right call in the end. Cause well, she was- I mean, she, she had a bit of a hairy drop on that thing. She fully disconnected. It was a full, it was a little crack neck special, mate. <laughs> She's just like tapped back into uh, her, her zone and fully found a, a nug. And if anyone was like not going to panic in that scenario, it was uh, the pickle because she just ha- she's got the slab on lock, man. So yeah, but it was a pocket I, I, ride. I know it was like cute, it, you know. I know it was cute, but it, it was like, still there was a there was an opportunity. Pressure. There was an opportunity to to roll in off that or, or get a little like a little push in the back there uh, and come through that super deep bit. But I mean, that was the that was the free surfer in you. The, the comp mode surfer is like, yeah, just just convert, make the tube, get the six, get the win. But, I mean, look, I guess my point is more this. Uh, by sitting deep on the reef where she was sitting, it I felt like that was pulling her opponents deeper with her. So, you know, although Tyler was sitting out the back waiting for the eights and nines, which she'd just seen the men getting, you know, they're watching the men's heats in between their own heats and, you know, they're getting eights and nines routinely, uh, so they're kind of thinking that's what wins heats. When in reality, Micro has obviously crunched the number. And he's like, hold on, really, what's going to get you through a heat is an, a combined total of eleven in a lot of the women's heats. Um, you know that, that that can be enough to win. And so by sitting deeper, Molly, you know, just I think whether it was subconscious or not, she ends up dragging her opponents up a bit deeper. So when the bombs do come, they're too deep. Like I, I watched Tyler. Uh, get set waves and Caroline, they were on the waves that they waited for, but they weren't in position to make them and get get the section and, and, and rip off a number of turns like the fellas were doing. And, you know, none of the fellas were sitting deep on the reef on that inside bit. Um, that's kind of almost a, a different wave. And I guess Molly, uh, yeah, lucked out with that hollow one. I don't know where that came from, but you, you could see it on the drone angle. Like it had all this west in it and it was draining all this water on the reef. And you, you're like, hold on, what's going on here? This thing's got such a crazy kink in it. Mm. And uh, yeah, got pitted. But yeah, it was, but, it was super interesting. It just reeked of micros heat savvy for mine. It did, man. And I think Molly has revealed herself a bit in this comp uh, as the breakthrough performance movie because I think... If you're going to be hypercritical of women surfing 
in the past, say, 10, 12 years, you've got women who run a, run away with their world titles. Like, they get on rolls, they use momentum, they use power, and they use their, their belief and talent to almost just smother opposition, you know. And also their reputations, man. They're just they're such heavy hitters that it's really hard to paddle out against them and and have fight and mongrel and want to take them down in, in any other way. I think you one of the advantages they've got is that people just have to feel like they're bringing their best, best surfing to any heat they surf against those three women. But I think Molly has revealed herself as maybe the next sort of Damien Hardman, Gabrielle Medina, super, super intelligent heat surfer. Because as well as being a cocky little fucking fucker, <laughs> and that's, uh, you know, we know that that she's been that way since she was a grom. I remember Steph Gilmore saying, like, fuck, this chick is off her head when they first met. Like, couldn't believe just how confident and, and uppity she was. But, man, she has got the rule book on lock. She's got strategy on lock. Like, she looks to me like someone who does not fear reputations or, or uh, you know, even momentum. She'll just back herself to win in any way she can. And that micro uh, influence will be a huge part of that. But I think it's naturally there as well, man. Like, you know, micro has probably recognized that in her and gone, oh, yes, I've got a weapon here. All I need to do is sharpen the blade. And I think uh, I think Molly, uh, based on this performance at Sunset and the fact that she's taking two wins out of three or four comps out of Hawaii in the last few months, not to mention the 200K or something Boy, that she's won. But, man, that, that this, is, this is danger signs for a lot of the women on tour because there's a lot of emotion. You, you often see it. And Tatiana is probably the only person who uses... I don't know, aggression and uh, attitude to sort of rattle those top seeds. But you mix aggression, attitude with full-blown heat intelligence, man, you got a fucking surfer on your hands. Yeah, I mean, I tend to think Micro is an absolute genius. Like, he is one of the, the great heat strategists and surfing masterminds that we've ever seen. He's got an incredible track record uh, with all the surfers he's coached, and there's been a lot of them. And uh, I, I just couldn't believe what I was watching that, you know, on a day of cooking sunset conditions, you know, in that six to eight foot range, uh, this surfer, Molly, has managed to win an event by almost exclusively going inside runners and racking up fives. Like, <laughs> it was crazy. It's, it's awesome, man. It's, it's, I'm telling you, this was the funnest comp to watch for different ideas, different strategies, like having the space to go outside of, of what you think the safe option is. Like you could just fully like take big risks that would pay off because if you'd been paying attention, you knew they weren't risks. You knew that you could build a, a heat on those fours and fives just based purely on how many sets were hitting the bowl or the West Peak. Like it was, it was fucking incredible to watch. I had such a good time watching this comp. And ju- just a, you know, an acknowledgement of how good Molly is surfing. I mean, yes, she is you. next level, man. Like, she, she has come along in a leaps and bounds. Just so sharp, so powerful. Her equipment looks on point. Uh, and there's just no real weaknesses. You know, she's she's the form surfer on tour right now, I reckon, alongside Carissa. And you'd have to say she'll be, at, she'll be there at Trestles at the end of the year. No question. And... All we can hope is that uh, the thing about Molly is she's only 20 years old, Smithy. Like, you, you, she's definitely part of this new push that's coming through. 
and I'm so curious to see how how these big three react to it. You, you Tyler, Steph, and, and Carissa, like, what are they going to do with this generation? Because uh, they're, they're flying the flag, mate. I mean, Carissa got that first win of the year, but as you say, the surfing is undeniable. Molly's surfing, incredible in this event, a worthy winner and a worthy new world number one. It's, it's just so explosive and powerful and fast, and it, there's just no technical glitches, you know, like uh, on the women's tour, sometimes there's just little bobbles here and there, and, and Molly's just got none of that in her surfing. She's just looking so clinical and powerful, and her style is, is pretty well flawless too. She's definitely uh, a sleeper in that new generation, all the hype's been on your, your Katie Simmers, uh, your Sierra Kerrs. But I think Molly really is the real deal. I actually think she's just kind of been the, the slow burn, uh, tucked away there at North Shelley Battler Country under the, the tutelage of Jughead and Shane Holmes and the like. And uh, <laughs> here she comes, just full of grit, just just coughing up burping cement powder and, uh, yeah, just ready to fucking take some heads off. And I, for one, couldn't be happier about it, Vaughn. Same, Smitty. <laughs> The best wave, mate. Uh, look, the judges like Toledo's heat winner in the last two minutes of the final. I think it was. It was a, a 9-4-7 for a huge carve uh, back into the power source, straight into a vicious layback jam. Just pure contempt, that layback jam under the lip. Just fucking heaved a few buckets out of the back. Ah! And uh, then a, a, as good a, a closeout Rio as you'll see, that was just like a just a, a triple punch combo that just left you knocked out cold, foaming at the gird uh, on mm. the ground. But uh, my favourite, another of Toledo's, and it was the one mentioned above at the top of the program uh, against Jow in the semis, just that fighter jet down carve wrap thing uh, in the absolute meat of the bowl. Man, uh, just mind melting. The speedy, the speedy comes off the bottom with it, and how high up in the face that he begins that turn, and then he just wrenches it down the face at warp speed. And uh, yeah, there was six or seven versions of that turn, and every single one of them was a jaw dropper. Uh, can you imagine what that feels like? I mean, it's the best turn in the universe, isn't it? Yeah. Well, uh, I actually, as good as Philippe. And Griffin and Joao and like as good as our, our quarterfinalists were, mate, our semifinalists were, the best way for me was anything with Ethan Ewing on it on that big day. Like, fuck me, dude. Like, that guy, I can't think of anyone who's more powerful than him in those conditions. Like, he's... I don't know if you saw some of those turns, maybe, but they were on another planet. He looked like a superhero. Like, he, he should have had a cape on. He was just... It reminded me of those John John cars from Halle Eva and Pupakea, except for the fact that he's in this deep ocean, you know, fucking open water leviathans, and he's just got the, a Red Bull racing motor between his fins and just sublime carnage power surfing of the highest order. I just have to doff the cap uh, despite the, uh, the, the result because... The way he was surfing, I was just going, this guy makes even Philippe, uh, Philippe and Griffin and everyone just look like children. Like, it, it was it was too much meat on the bone. And uh, I just think, yeah, I, I, the, the surfing I saw from him, despite not making it deep into the finals day, he was the surfer of the event for me. I, I was fucking, couldn't believe what I was watching, to be honest with you. I was just going, what the actual fuck? Like... The water that comes off his rail, mate, 
is three times bigger and three times thicker than his closest rival. And he just, you know, the goat didn't even try. The goat knew better. The goat fucking put his tail between his legs and just hunted tubes. He was just going, there's no fucking way I'm taking this cunt on out on the face. And that is the ultimate compliment, you know, to not even go there. It, it, it was a masterclass of the highest order for me on, on, a, on the big day when the bowl demanded it. Ethan Ewing stood up and he... Mate, I just hope we get fucking Bells and J-Bay and Margie's just as big and as steep and as hectic as it gets because this kid is going to fucking go ballistic if he does, if he gets it. Yeah, it's a good point. Look, let's be real. I'm drinking finals day Kool-Aid here. It ended only a few hours ago. It's it's fully men in black to me. But, uh, <laughs> mate, yeah, the, those frontside just whipping layback drop wallets like – those crazy frontside snaps, the amount of speed and water that he displaces, uh, and it's also fluent. Just he's like a coiled up cobra snake. The way he just coils up and uh, regains his speed and, and and posture. Oh my god, it's yeah. viscous. It's vicious. It's thick, watery madness. Yeah. Yeah, he's not just throwing fillet steaks into the air. He's throwing fucking Brahmin bulls into the air, mate. He's just so. Like, that was the difference, Smithy. The, the spray was sheets of, of water, like sheets of ocean flying off his board. Like, I'm telling you, man, you compare the surfing on the final day, which was brilliant, like taking nothing away from Phil or Griffin or anything. Like, you know, you do what you must, and the strategy was a huge part of this comp, and I'm more than happy with the way it played out. But for just the pure rail fucking domination of this guy on in that sort of surf nobody came close i don't think and what does it all mean vaughn well what it means is that there will be two australians wearing yellow at portugal in march how about that jack robbo retains the jersey with his semi-final finish and the pickle gets a jersey with her win uh thoughts on all that couldn't be happier smith could not be happier. Uh, I have got a nervous eye, like a little twitching eye and a bit of a, oh, yeah, a little bit of a, you know, sweat in the pits for, for O'Leary'sy bra, mm. Baker bra. And, um, oh, you know, even the goat, mate, even the goat. I mean, he's above the cut line now, but he's got a couple of dodgy events coming up. Super Chips. I mean, if Super Chips good, he could possibly tube ride his way to a result or, or, and and stay in that top 16 but I think there's a few worrying signs here I, I'm I'm stressing for for Jacko and, and uh Connor like the the cut is real and the pressure like it's not something you can just wash off like it, it's looming it's like a monster in your cupboard it's I, I, I'm I'm nervous for the for the boys who are, are beneath the cut, but yeah, mate, it's great to see uh, it's great to see Robbo and Molly up top there. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to Portugal now. It's it's you know we're off we're off and running, Smithy. It was a slow start. We kind of like coughed to life. The old jalopy it hadn't been running for a while. It it stuttered. It splurted. It fucking coughed up a bit of 
uh, exhaust fumes and, and splattered its way through pipeline. But, mate, the V8 kicked into gear once we got to sunset. Thank God. Mm. Yeah, and if you're worried about O'Leary's bra and, and Baker's bra and the men's side of the draw, geez, don't look at the women's side of the draw, Vaughan, because five of the bottom eight uh, beneath the cut line are all Aussies uh, looking at the Femgoat. Steph uh, sitting there at 11th. I'm not too concerned about the Femgoat, though. I mean... Bells and Margs to, uh, you know, long period rights. She's going to be well at home in there, and there's no reason she can't do well at Portugal. Uh, but then beneath her, 12th, Isabella Nichols, Macy Callahan, Sally Fitzgibbons. Cool. Uh, they're all equal 12th. Uh, and then Sophie McCulloch down there, equal, uh, well, yeah, equal 16th. So, yeah. The, That's, that the is a worry, man. I just came from... get going. Smithy, I just came from uh, commentating the the Tweed Coast Pro last week, and the women who are going to find themselves not making that cut are no shoe in for requalifying on the Challenger Series, man. Like there is a f- that wave of of new talent that's coming through is completely like the brush isn't a pointy brush anymore; it's a broad brush. Like there there is a huge movement in Australian surfing. You know, it's been a long time coming, but the, the influence of, of the Steph's, Tyler's, Carissa's has filtered down into an entire generation. There's more women taking up surfing. It's the number one growth sport. I think it's the, in the top three in Australia, but I think it's number one by a long way just for women. And this is the result. Like, uh, it's going to be hectic if you don't make that cut. Mm, yeah. Uh, the level of that Tweed Coast Pro is mind-melting on both sides of the draw, men's and women's. Holy smokes. It's, mm. Yeah. It, it's crazy. It's just crazy where professional surfing is at right now. I mean, if that's what it looks like in Australia, well, what's it looking like in Brazil? Exactly. I mean, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh it's an exciting time. Uh the the, the three tiered system post COVID is really starting to crank. Like it's working. I, I was I was so stoked to see, you know, Nick Squires and just just like slightly off topic, but just to see so many different types of people, uh, men and women surfing in those comps. Like, mate, it's awesome, and and there is a big generational push coming through at the moment. Like, I mean, there is top level CT level surfing already simmering in that in that qualifying series circuit, which has only just kicked off. I think there's been two comps, so we'll watch that eagerly in blitzed as things go on, Smithy. But what a comp, sunset, three point five shat ratings. I'm backing that all the way, but I had a really good time watching this one. So well done to the Woz, well done to Phil, and well done to Molly. Frothing. Competition surfing. Rashies. Oh, yeah. Baby, I can't get up. Blitz. represents pure tour nerdism. This episode of Blitzed is brought to you by Rip Curls, Mirage Activate, Expression Compression Session, Expression Session. (laughs) Oh, this is the best name ever. It's the Mirage Activate, Expression Compression Session. Donning the all-new Mirage Activate compression line of boardies that have been supporting Blitz now for pretty much all this year. 
The team at Rippy have thrown three-time world champ Gabby Medina into the water with Semi Pupo, Jacko Baker, Luke Swanson and Kip Caddy and letting them surf their absolute brains out and to keep things interesting and entertaining, Rip Curl's very own Mason Ho will be on the mic calling the action. So it drops today. Check it out, man. 11 a.m. Eastern Australia time, I believe it is. Uh... If you want to cop it, or you can also check it at 5 p.m. U.S. Pacific time or 3 p.m. Hawaiian Standard Time. It's going to be filth to check, and it's on Rip Curl's YouTube channel. And don't forget while you're there to join up to Club Rip Curl. It's your ticket to exclusive offers and members-only rewards. That's at ripcurl.com, or check out the Rip Curl YouTube channel for this incredible Mirage Activate expression, compression session, expression session. If this movie is even half as good as its name, we're in for a stoinker. It's out today. Check it out. Rip Curl's YouTube. RipCurl.com.